0: Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge a career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Hello, authors. Authors. I hope you're all keeping well in whatever part of the world you reside and listen to the podcast in. Today's interview is with Helen Scheurer on how to write a successful series. Helen is the author of the best-selling trilogies, The Oromir Chronicles and The Curse of the Siren Queen Quartet. She's sharing some insights from her new debut non-fiction book, How to Write a Successful Series, about the real reasons authors should write in a series, some of the common mistakes authors make when writing series, and her tips for authors looking to get started writing in a series. So in my author adventure this week, it's school holidays. They're in full swing, which means a lot of family time and not a lot of author time. So we've been doing lots of fun activities, gone to the Royal Show, swimming. Kids have had their friends over for playdates and sleepovers and we're off to the circus this evening. So it's been a whole lot of fun. I also haven't taken any time off my part-time day job. So I'm lucky my kids are at an age where they can see to themselves. So I have a bit of leeway in the school holidays, more so than I'm used to, to be able to get on with some things. What is happening in my author adventure is the horror feature script, which I think is going to have a bit of a psychological twist. started making notes and I've also looked at the date of the competition I want to put it in for at the end of October and I've got the dates that I need to start writing by. I tried to book into the Catherine Susanna Prickard Writer's Centre for two nights at the end of October to pump out the first draft of the script, but they're completely booked out, so uh, October's usually a busy month. If you haven't heard of KSP, they're a writing centre up in the hills in Perth, beautiful little wood cabins they've got, and uh, you can book there and go and get some writing done, and it's it's really great. In October, they've got Spooky Story Sundowner events, and uh, it would have been a perfect, setting for me to be able to start writing a horror script cabin in secluded area to write um i'm now looking at accommodation in the setting i have set the uh, the script which is local to me and uh i just would like to have a day or two days undisturbed to just be able to pump out the first draft if if you listen to episode 32 of the podcast with tammy gross and she's a script a script over in florida and i'm going to be buying her book if your script she pumped out her script in a couple of days in a, a horror setting and i think it's stephen king's one of these horror haunted houses things from his books so i kind of had the same idea as her as maybe doing it that way and just yeah getting it out so we'll see how that goes Besides the horror feature, I have started and I'm in mostly a state of organization in my house, in my workflow, in my head. And uh, this involves, this is to help my own workflow a bit better. And it's also research for a non fiction book idea I had last year, which I hope to hopefully uh, be able to work on and release next year. Uh, regular listeners of the podcast know by now that I have a lot of ideas in a lot of areas, and you know, they're not necessarily new ideas. The, uh, the thing that I've noticed is, I tend to have an idea and then it's probably i'll write a few few things out about it and then it's maybe the following year that i actually start work on it maybe even the year after that it emerges so it's it is a long process but when you start to notice your processes it's um it's quite interesting uh, hence why being hybrid a hybrid author suits my personality <laughs> So if you love the podcast or any of the episodes has helped you further in your author career, you can now pay it forward by buying me a coffee over at www.buymeacoffee.com slash the hybrid author. And that's capital T, all capitals, hybrid, capital A, author. Links are in the sh- social media pages and on my website and on the posts and on this podcast post as well. Or you can leave me a review on whatever platform you listen to the podcast on. This is to help other writers like you discover the podcast. So let's all support each other. That's enough about me. Let's crack on with the episode. Helen Scheurer is the fantasy author of the best-selling trilogy, The Oromir Chronicles and The Curse of the Siren Queen Quartet. Her work has been highly praised for its strong, flawed female characters and its action-packed plots. Recently, she has also delved into publishing advice for authors with her debut non-fiction book, How to Write a Successful Series. Helen has a Bachelor of Creative Writing at the University of Wollongong and a Masters of Publishing at the University of Sydney. She has been a full-time author since 2018 and now lives amidst the mountains in central Otago, New Zealand, where she's constantly dreaming up new stories. Absolutely beautiful bio, Helen. Welcome to the Hybrid Author Podcast.
1: Uh, Thank you so much. And thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Such a career you've had already and we want to delve deeper into your publishing and author adventure to date. But please tell us, how did you come to join the industry and, you know, effectively write in series?
1: So I've, I've always wanted to be a writer. I've written stories since I was a little kid. I guess in terms of writing in a series, I sort of fell into it quite naturally because I was writing fantasy and that tends to be sort of a, a symptom of the genre in a way but also I guess all the fantasy books I was reading at the time were part of a series. So in talking about series, I I came to understand just how powerful the form is for an author's career. Not to mention, I just love them. I love how addictive they are. I love reading them and watching them. It's just such a great form of escapism and entertainment, really. So basically, over the years, that Sort of love evolved into a career essentially. Um, my first book, Heart of Mist, came out in 2017, which was the first book in my Oromir Chronicles trilogy. And yeah, I became a full time author shortly after that. And my ebooks. And print books, they're indie published, but my all my audio books are traditionally published. So I've definitely got that hybrid thing going on as well. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's really different. How did that come about? Uh, well, I think after Heart of Mist came out, I mean, it's a long time ago now, but <laughs> Heart of Mist came out and it did much better than I anticipated. And essentially, it became a bestseller, it became this book that allowed me to write full time off the back of one book, which is pretty, pretty uncommon. And I suppose it sort of caught the attention of an agent and a couple of audiobook publishers approached me. So I said yes to the agent and yes to the best audiobook deal. And it's sort of snowballed from there. So yeah, since then, all my audiobooks have been uh, traditionally published, and the agent represents me for foreign translation rights and all that sort of stuff as well so yeah it's been a, it's been an interesting uh, ride.
0: yeah, that is absolutely incredible I, is so the publishers that for the audio is, it in, mm-hmm. is your agent they've approached you is it the agent that's, that's kind of gone out to get them and it's only audio format you were looking for to be hybrid
1: uh, it's sort of changed over the years so with um, heart of Mist I had a couple of audiobook publishers come to me and an agent came to me at about the same time agent wanting to represent me, the audiobook people wanting to offer deals. And so I took the agent on to then broker the deal between me and the audiobook publishers that had approached. I think there were about three that wanted the Oromir Chronicles. And then as my career's gone on, I've kept the same agent and whenever I have a new book essentially I say to her okay I've got a new book I've got a new series can you please shop it around for me and so far that's that's worked out pretty well.
0: Right so your other series is that do you indie publish that as well or are you going down to traditional work for like your ebooks and print? No also? so
1: All my my e-books, paperbacks, hardcovers, they're all independently published and so it's just the audio books that are traditionally published and that's across both series, the same for both of them. Was
0: that something, I guess, that you, how come you went to do the indie route first rather than going down the traditional or did
1: you try the trad route first or...? With uh, having done a creative writing degree, you're sort of pushed Mm -hmm. towards doing traditional publishing. That degree never really talks about indie publishing as a viable option. So originally I was writing literary fiction, which is obviously very different to um, young adult epic fantasy. I had a contract with a small press, so I was planning on going traditional for the literary fiction. And just the process was very long winded and it it eventually the rights got reverted back to me. And that was just as I had started writing Heart of Mist. I had also done the Masters of Publishing as well. And that sort of gave me a much deeper understanding of all the different sort of elements of publishing, like the production, the editing, the marketing, all of the stuff, like all the different departments. And I guess I sort of made the decision that with the fantasy books, I wanted to go indie. I didn't try to get them traditionally published. I actually had interest from a traditional publisher for Heart of Mist because I'd been blogging about the process of just writing it. And in the end, I just decided that indie was better for me because I had that creative control. I had the control over the production schedule. And I also really enjoyed the business side of it. And, you know, things like doing the covers, doing the, the layout, you've got a lot more control as to how the book's perceived, where it's positioned, all of that sort of stuff. So yeah, it was it was a choice from the beginning to to go indie with the, the fantasy fiction.
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. And yeah, I'm very interested in your publishing degree. I think that sounds incredible. So obviously, yep, using the skills you've got and just putting it out there. And it's very worked for you well. The the series looks fantastic. So well done. Uh, thank um, you. <laughs> and today's topic is on your new nonfiction release, how to write a successful series. And we're all very excited about that. So can you Tell us what authors can expect from this book when they pick up a copy.
1: Yeah, sure. So basically, it's about using the series form in order to hook readers for life and set authors up for long-term success. And essentially, it covers a lot of my own personal experiences in writing the two series that I've got out now. That's covered about half a decade of, um, of my life, putting those <laughs> series out. So as you can imagine, it's a lot of mistakes made, lessons learned, particularly at the beginning stage of the career, when you're you're first sort of ironing out a lot of these kinks in your own processes and still learning the craft and all of that sort of stuff. So it's a book that's very open and honest about the challenges and the mistakes that I've faced and made over the last couple of years. But I suppose at its core, it's about how to write addictive, best-selling series that are part of a a broader strategy for long-term success. And I always sort of come back to that long-term success. Everything with me is about the long game and how to write a successful series is a book that it kind of keeps that in mind, even when you're at the real beginning of planning and writing a series. It's not just what that series is going to be, but what can your next one be? How can you bake marketing into the book itself? Yeah. Just essentially set yourself up for long-term success as an author.
0: And I think that's, you know, great advice there. And it's quite heard across the board in the writing world, isn't it? That, you know, writers and authorship and stuff, it is a long game because effectively for some people, writing a work can take quite a long time. And then obviously, depending on which publishing route they go with, trad takes a long time. And then it, some, for some people, it takes quite a long time to build up an audience with indie. But yeah, I think what I love about uh, the idea of writing in a series, and like you said, is hooking a bunch of readers and then dragging them all, you know, yeah. effectively <laughs> all through your books. Is- as well along the series and I think that's fantastic you also not just obviously do authorship I, I saw on your website you offer manuscript assessment and there's other other stuff that you offer is that right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. I do just a little bit on the side because I get a lot of people sort of popping into my inbox and you know messages on Instagram uh, asking for help so I find it's best to have a place to to direct people so I, I do every now and then I'll do some manuscript assessments and coaching and stuff like that and it's mainly I would say the coaching anyway is more so for for indie authors but I mean manuscript assessment could be either trad or indie but yeah it's just it is about setting yourself up for for long-term success pretty much everything I do has that sort of undertone to it I think
0: yeah yeah no that's great and the people that approach you are they the
1: authors writing in series or it's all varied it's pretty varied yeah and it's different genres different um different goals all sorts yeah
0: Yeah. Well, in writing, obviously, people talk, or editors as well, they pick up on a lot of mistakes that authors write, and there's there's quite common ones all the time. Have you found from your, obviously, manuscript assessment and coaching authors, you know, what are some of the mistakes you've seen or you know authors to make when writing series?
1: Yeah, when writing a series, and I mean, this is one I've been guilty of with my first series, is that I didn't keep a series bible. And that's not something, it's not this hard and fast rule that everybody has to do it, but if, I think if you're serious about writing in a series and then also potentially writing multiple series, say in the same literary universe, I think having a series bible is a lifesaver. And I really wish that for my first series, I had done that. It would have saved me a lot of heartache, <laughs> a lot of hassle. And even now, you know, looking to the future of my career, I, one of the things I'd, I'd like to consider a long way in the future, but at some point is doing a series that potentially brings together elements of all the series I've done before, because they're all set in the same literary universe. And of course, without a series Bible, that means that I'm going to have to go back and read the entire series and create yeah. a series Bible from scratch. Yeah. Or you're relying on your memory, <laughs> just
0: making up, which, I suppose. Which,
1: <laughs> no, and I my memory is absolutely terrible. So, no. Um, have you got kids? <laughs> no. <All right. laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> I'm I'm just naturally terrible at remembering things. But yeah, so I'd say not having a serious Bible just is a mistake in that it will, having one makes life so much easier. And, you know, there are so many challenging aspects of being an author that why wouldn't you do something that makes life a little easier further down the road. That's definitely one. I think another one is, especially with newer authors, the sort of instinct to put all your amazing ideas into the first book or the first series. I think we get a bit overexcited and carried away with our creativity at times and don't necessarily think a few steps ahead. And, you know, all of those ideas probably aren't suited to one book or one series. And you can probably batch them together in, you know, tropes or what, what you're genre demands, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, save some for later because if you are trying to write a successful series, chances are you're going to write more than one. Chances are you're trying to make a career out of this. So you don't need to use every single idea in that first book or that first series.
0: Mm, So pacing's quite a big thing, you think? Yeah, I think so. Oh no, that's fantastic. I mean, writing series, I've got to say,
1: do you have to be somebody
0: who plots a lot to be able to do that? No,
1: not at all. So it's funny you should ask that because I've actually got in the nonfiction book, How to Write a Successful Series, there's two chapters. One is for discovery writers or pantsers and the other one is for outliners and I'm an outliner myself and one of the things I really struggled to wrap my head around is perspective of a discovery writer like how do you write a series and not know what's coming that to me I, I couldn't wrap my head around that so in order to research and write this book I went out and I talked to some discovery writers and sort of picked their brains about their processes there's so so many successful series authors who don't outline it all and there's different methods and and things that they do to combat any sort of fears that I think come naturally to an outliner like me. So for me, I, I fear the fact that I don't know what's going to happen. I might write myself into a, a plot hole. And I sort of poised that question to some of the the authors that I interviewed. And they they had a range of different things that they did to, to avoid that. One of the ones that I really liked was they sort of kept a wall of post-it notes as they wrote. And as they wrote, they would write like a scene point and put it on the wall. So they then sort of had this map, this working map in real time of everything that was happening that they could then use as a reference point to make sure that they weren't in the wrong place in the book or that they hadn't written themselves into a corner, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's really clever. Yeah, I thought so too. (laughs)
0: and is it like I've heard I've seen as well some authors too like they use the the colored post-it notes for I guess different emotions or different characters or things that's happening and they have that going so if there's less of one color somewhere they need to add more of that person in each scene have you heard of that yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah.
1: definitely definitely (laughs) I actually use that to to a certain degree with my own outlining in that if I'm trying to weave a particular subplot through say like a romantic subplot and I'll, I'll color code it throughout the outline so I know when it's sort of tapering off or when the pacing's not quite right. And that's, that's actually a really helpful way to look at it sort of from a bird's eye point of view. Mm,
0: yeah, no, that's amazing. And I guess, do you find writing series is it the same across all genres do you believe you've got say say certain genres like like tropes and things you would expect readers would expect to find these tropes in certain genres like women's fiction or romance and i guess the things that they deal with in writing series i suppose i'm asking for children or adults the same kind of methods apply i suppose i guess it's just the style of writing
1: Yeah, I think every every author is different, but I think you brought up an interesting uh, topic in tropes and market and genre, because one of the big things I talk about in this book is the first thing I think you need to do before you put pen to paper with a series is understand your genre. And that means reading in your genre. And if you intend to write series, reading series in that genre, studying the, the best sellers, looking at the charts, looking at what books are doing well in different categories and all of that sort of thing. And having that understanding of tropes, are cliffhangers acceptable in this genre? Is there a happily ever after, like in romance expected, or can you get away with a happy for now? Can you get away with not solving a case at the end of the book? All those sorts of things are very connected to their specific genre. So I think the overall approach to, to writing a series is very different for each person, but I think it all starts with understanding your target market.
0: Mm, no, that's fantastic points there for sure. I does say in, I guess it's like the the write-up or the description for the book, you know, there's you talk about the real reasons authors should consider writing a series Are you able to share with us what what some of those might be?
1: Yeah, sure. So I think in the book there might be like seven or so, but I'll just, I'll give you the the like top three. So I think a lot of us, like me originally, sort of fall into writing a series because it suits the genre, which is a great great starting point to writing a series. Um, But we don't necessarily interrogate the other sorts of benefits that there are. So for instance, promotional flexibility, And the fact that writing a series can be more lucrative. Now, I think it depends, like I always look at things through an indie lens. Obviously, if you're a traditionally published author, you have far less flexibility in terms of like you being able to put your books on sale, for instance. Whereas an indie author, if I'm releasing, say, for example, book four in a series, I can drop the price of book one, book a load of promotion in for that. And try and get a whole new readership into that book for the launch of book four and sort of bring everybody in that way whereas if I was just writing standalones that's a lot harder to do like you can always do a price pulse or a promotion on a standalone but you've not necessarily got that I suppose you're not holding the reader's hand from that standalone to the next whereas a series very much has a sort of funnel throughout it and having books in a series allows you to take advantage of promotional strategies like that in a way that say standalones you might not necessarily be able to have the same sort of results if that makes sense. Mm, mm -hmm. Another one I would say which is more I guess on the mindset side of things so this could be for indies it could be for traditional authors it could be for everybody. For me what I've found really liberating and really refreshing about writing in a series is that you utilize the groundwork that you did in book one all throughout the series and so when you're writing book two when you're writing book three you're not necessarily starting from scratch and you don't have this sort of you know overwhelming moment where you go okay i've got to i've got to build this world i've got to create these characters i've got to um you know do everything in between all of that and then you know, write the actual book and create the plot and all of that that sort of thing. So when you're writing a series, for me, when, when I get to books two, three, four, there is this sort of element of relief. There is this sort of lack of pressure there because I don't have to come up with everything from scratch and it's almost it's almost comforting returning to the (laughs) same characters returning to the same world and I think for me anyway the later books in the series become a lot easier because I'm much more familiar with the world I'm much more familiar with the characters and even though the characters evolve and change over the series arc and all of that it's still this sort of sense of I am utilizing everything that I had already created and building upon it and making it better and better and better. Rather than having to start from scratch every time, if that
0: yeah, it does, and I'm glad you said it because, like, somewhere in the back of my mind, I'm sort of thinking, and that's, and this is more from me and my personal style of writing. And to write in a series, to, for me to even say, can you become bored, means maybe the writing's not great. So that was a bit silly, but to- no, so I, so I, don't,
1: I don't think that's silly at all. I think I forget what the saying is where it's like, if if the writer's bored, the reader's bored, and I don't yeah. think they have, I don't think I really agree with that because the reader reads the book. Once You know, maybe they love it so much and they reread it, but ultimately they read Mm. it once. Whereas the author, I mean, I I don't know how many times I've read my book, you are going to get bored at a certain point, you are going to get frustrated. And I think that's quite natural. And I don't, I don't think that necessarily uh, is a reflection on the quality of the book
0: yeah yeah i'm someone who gets in a uh, fortunate to have a lot of ideas and i have to really <laughs> ground myself not to run off <laughs> with each one because yeah i know what i'm you know i know what my processes are and i know what i'm like so it, it's that and I've, I've actually just finished a book one in a junior fiction series oh, and uh, thank you and yeah i've sent it off to a publisher to uh, have a read of and i was thinking in my mind i'm like you know should i just get on with the next one <laughs> and then i'm like that i have i have something a horror film script I would really like to give a go and I thought that's something completely different and I feel like I would like to do that and then I thought yeah just just thinking about having to kind of go in that series but yeah to for what you said about going back in it the familiar I can't even say it familiarization mm. of the world and the characters is such a positive thing and think that's great.
1: Yeah me too uh, it's something I really enjoy about writing the series because I find I've just sort of p- bypassed this this point recently because I'm starting a brand new series and you have even though all of mine are is- are set in the same overarching literary universe. Each series has its own world and new characters and all of that. So I've had this sort of overwhelming couple of weeks where you've got your whiteboards, you've got your post-it notes everywhere, you've got your maps everywhere, and there's just so much information that you need to organise, process. You need to make sort of order out of chaos. And when it comes to the later books in the series, I do not miss that part of the process. (laughs) So...
0: Oh, no, that's, that's amazing. So you've obviously shared so much tips and and wealth of knowledge already about series. But um, can you share with us a little bit more of tips for authors who are looking to get started writing in a series that
1: they could possibly find in the book? Yeah, sure. So I suppose the book sort of covers right from the very start to the end of finishing up your series. So it is a sort of complete experience. And the first thing that I start with is talking about planning your series. And I don't mean outlining by planning. I mean what we sort of touched on earlier when it comes to market research, knowing your genre, knowing the reader expectations, really having a wealth of knowledge about that particular genre and how a series might be structured in that genre. So for instance, my epic fantasy books are a dynamic series. So the book's uh, chronological, you can't start at book three. If you haven't read book one, you have to start at the very right. beginning and go all the way through. And that's a pretty common thing in fantasy series. Whereas a genre like crime or a genre like romance, they might be more interconnected standalones. So with a crime, the detective usually in each book has to solve a case. There might be an overarching case that goes across the whole series, but each book is usually its own case and you have the the three-act structure with the the resolution at the end before then maybe hooking into the next book and similarly romances will focus usually on one couple per book and then at the end of that particular couple's book you'll be introduced to a secondary character who then in the next book becomes a main character with their own romance obviously I'm just sort of generalizing here Mm, but mm -hmm. you can you can see how just and that is just my sort of brief understanding of these genres can inform my decision about what type of series I write and how to meet the reader's expectations in those genres so yeah I would say the big takeaway from the book or one of the big takeaways is the importance of doing that market research learning your reader's expectations and really understanding how those align with the series in that genre and then I guess we've also already touched on this but it's it's one I, I always come back to is just thinking of your series as part of a long game strategy. And the wonderful thing about writing in a series is that say the first book doesn't do as well as you think it will do. Every time you release a book in that series after is a chance to almost relaunch that first book and breathe new life back into that series, um, which is a really, really cool benefit, I think, of, of writing a series. And that's part of what we were talking about before with the price promotion strategy and then all that sort of mm. stuff. So they're really it really gives you a lot of opportunity to reach new people and to make sure that those books in the series find their target readers. So yeah, those are some of the the bigger takeaways from the book
0: yeah no that's amazing thank you so much for sharing that how to write a successful series is just obviously with all your success and the series that you've got have you just this book is that always been in your mind that you thought you you were going to write this or it's just you keep getting asked the same questions you you know you've got a lot of information and a wealth of knowledge to share with others that you thought hang on I'm just gonna do a non-fiction here and and put it out
1: yeah so I, I it's definitely not something that I had in mind when I started publishing book it is definitely a more recent thing. Like like you said, I, I do get asked a lot of the same questions, but I also found that anytime I did share some of the lessons learned or anything like that on social media or in my newsletter, it really resonated with people. And I had a lot of authors then contact me and say, you know, thank you for sharing that. I thought I was alone or thank you for sharing that. I've changed my mindset and now I'm, I'm doing better, blah, blah, blah. And that sort of kickstarted the thought that I would like to to write a nonfiction book. But originally, this book started out as a much broader topic. And the, the topic, I think, was just generally uh, long-term strategies for success for authors, something like that. I wrote the first draft as that version. And it wasn't really until um, I had a beta reader friend read it. And she said, you know, this is all about writing a series. And I was <laughs> like, oh, <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I didn't realize that. But as soon as she told me It was like all the pieces clicked into place for me and I realised that it was a about writing successful series because that is how I've sort of, you know, planned my career, that all the strategies that I used were to do with writing a series. And so as soon as I had that angle, then the rest of it just sort of came together because it, it made a lot more sense. And yeah, and it's it seems to have resonated with some people. So that's that's always really rewarding.
0: Yeah, no, that's fantastic. And can you see this one being a, the first in series of uh,
1: <laughs> books for nonfiction for authors? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I can't. <laughs> I can't not write a nonfiction series when I've talked about how great writing in a series. Are. I think <laughs> yeah. I think it applies. I think it applies for nonfiction as well. And I've already got the um, the outline for the follow up book to this oh, one done. Wonderful. So yeah.
0: yeah, that's amazing. So you obviously have these massive epic ideas as well. Do you think that you're always just going to write in a series or do you think there'll be a few? Well, I suppose you can't foresee the future, but have you had any sort of standalone
1: ideas or they just keep keep going? (laughs) It's funny you should say that because I've actually just committed to a project that involves me writing a standalone but I will say that the idea I've got for this standalone then also fits into an idea of a series of interconnected standalones so (laughs) even even my standalones can't just you know hang out by themselves they've got to um, they've got to be part of something and I mean I mentioned it before all my books are part of the same literary universe all my series have breadcrumbs throughout one to the other so that you know that's and that's part of the one of the things I talk about in the book is sort of rewarding those long-term readers with things like breadcrumbs. So, if you know, they found you through your second series and then they go back to read your first series. They can see links and, you know, yeah. um, little clues from each. And it doesn't have to be these huge plot-changing things. It's just, you know, you could mention a name here or a creature there that comes across both series. And those things are so rewarding for readers. And so I think that more than anything is probably a good idea of where my strategy lies like I want everything to fit into an overall universe and to be able to for readers to be able to be rewarded when they come from one series to another or if they read that standalone then they can read a series about the secondary character in that and you know it all sort of links together in this this big fun way hopefully
0: yeah oh no that's amazing I absolutely know what you're talking about from past people I've read as well and yeah it is it is when you get that realization oh it's that person and you kind of feel like you're on the inside of some exactly. secret or you know these people or <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah exactly
0: oh no I think that's great just quickly do you have a schedule of works that you draw up for when you start a book to finish a book or when you want the books to be released how
1: frequent do you release them so it's changed over time when I uh, released the Army Chronicles which was my first series I was I modeled my production schedule off a traditional publishing schedule so I was only publishing one book a year and as I've sort of gone throughout my career my processes I've, I've learned a lot more about them I've managed to streamline a lot of different elements of production. And so 2021, I released two books. um, And this year I've released, well, I will have released the last two books in my Curse of the Siren Queen quartet plus the the nonfiction book. So three this year. But I generally do have a pretty long lead time in between like knowing when I'm going to release a book and when it actually comes out for example I'm currently working on a new series starter that won't be coming out until uh, next year and as I said I've got the outline for the next nonfiction done and that won't be coming out for another year or more so I do work quite far ahead of time and it's it's just for me it's just a matter of knowing my own processes knowing my own limitations and making sure I put buffer amounts of time in, in case something goes wrong, like in case I get sick, in case an editor cancels. I I generally have a pretty good idea of, of what's coming up and, and what I want to achieve in the year to come, if that makes sense. Yeah yeah no it does
0: and how to write a successful series Uh, did you find that extremely easy to write because it's just pretty much pouring all your knowledge out in that format
1: (laughs) Um, (laughs) yes and no I found the sort of personal stories very easy to write um, because like I said it's got a lot of um, my personal experience in it I, I talk very openly about mistakes I've made and lessons learned but it also I also wanted to make sure that it was a very well researched book so throughout the book there are numerous sources quoted like I said I interviewed other authors it's got a huge list of references at the back of the book so I think that side of writing the book I found a a lot more stressful than writing fantasy because I had a responsibility to other authors to make sure that I was quoting them incorrectly and that they were comfortable with where they were being quoted. Um, So I had to get permission for all of that. And also you're sort of, while doing that, you're alerting to people, you're alerting people in the industry that you really admire and whose work that you've read and loved that you're doing this thing. Whereas fantasy, you can sort of fly under the radar a little bit. Like you don't have to check in with industry experts about fantasy. Mm-hmm. Whereas, yeah, the nonfiction, I did find there was a little element of imposter syndrome that came with that because I don't claim to to be an expert. It's more about sharing my experience. Yeah, yeah there is this element of I'm really putting myself out here in in terms of I'm sharing all this really like personal stuff about what I struggled with and didn't struggle with with writing a series. So I suppose that's a really rambling answer to your to No, your question. that that's no
0: no no, that was fantastic. And you know, even at this point in your career to get that imposter syndrome which I can absolutely relate cuz you're kind of putting yourself up there saying, you know, not that you're an expert in the field, but yeah, you definitely know what you're talking about, but from all your degrees and your series writing and you you certainly I would certainly are an expert so, but yeah, oh, no, no, that was, um, no, that, thank you so much for sharing that. So, as I said, you've already shared so much and you've got another follow up to how to write a successful series. What else can we expect from Helen in the future? Uh, you've got the audiobooks out there. Do we know if there's going to be some TV
1: series knocking at the doors? Oh, I would, I would love that. <laughs> I don't know any author who wouldn't love that. I think that's probably a long way off <laughs> if that ever does happen. But in terms of what I've got coming up, I am just about to wrap up my second series, so that's just about finished. I'm currently working on a brand new series in a new subgenre, so my my previous two series are Young Adult Epic Fantasy and this new series I'm moving more into epic romantic fantasy for adults, it's going to be a big series so I'm currently working on the first book in that, I'm, I'm reworking it actually and so that should hopefully be out in the first quarter of uh, 2023. I've got a couple of things I can't talk about, about mid-year next year but I'm hoping, hoping that at the very least the first two books in the new series come out next year and the follow-up to the non-fiction book.
0: Oh I'm amazing Helen well so so do we and we can't wait to read all and please I honestly could talk your box off so many (laughs) questions but uh where can our listeners discover you know how to write a successful series and all of your
1: you know all of your series your fantasy series on and offline yeah sure so my um my website is probably the best place to start so that's just helenshower.com and if you're an author and you're looking for free resources on how to write successful series you can go to helenstrover.com forward slash for authors and that's a a little sign up page where you can get a sample of my series bible for curse of the siren queen so that's the full like 65 page document of me putting all the, the stuff together and you know making sure i'm consistent throughout the series so you get like a proper look at what that might actually look like and also I think there's a successful series cheat sheet and you get a volume of my author diaries, which I quote throughout the nonfiction book. So yeah, that's that's a good place to start if you're an author. And uh all all my books, including fiction and nonfiction, are on Amazon. I think you can get them, the print books, you can get them mostly everywhere. And the ebooks are exclusive to Amazon. So um yeah, and I'm on Instagram and TikTok and, and all the usual places. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time and expertise, Helen. That was incredible. Ah, oh, thank you so much for having me. It was really fun.
0: So there you have it folks, the super successful series queen, Helen Scheurer. And if you haven't read any of Helen's books, I suggest you get stuck into her amazingly addictive series. Next time on the Hybrid Author Podcast, we have Jodie J. Sperling from the Reluctant Book Marketer Podcast talking to us about all things book marketing. So wish you well on your author adventure this next week. That's it from me. Bye for now. That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.